Hello and welcome to the FIEC podcast. This is the place where you'll hear teaching and resources for church leaders to help independent churches work together to reach Britain for Christ. Ensuring you have conducted a thorough COVID-19 risk assessment is key to reopening your church building safely. However, the desire to meet again physically after so long could cause the temptation to fill out an assessment as simply a tick box exercise. Phil Topham spoke to Julian Wilkes, a chartered environmental health practitioner, to discuss the importance of risk assessments and their legal implications, plus some tips on where to start with assessing the risk in your church building. First of all, Jules, thanks for joining us. This is really, really helpful. Why don't you, first of all, brother, just introduce yourself, let us know who you are and what it is you do for, for a day job. Yes, hi Phil. It's uh, it's really good to be here uh, with everybody from the FIC. So uh, my name is is Julian Wilkes. Um, I am a chartered environmental health practitioner. So um, I'm I'm sort of part of the Chartered Institute of Environmental Health. Uh, I am a, a health and safety inspector. I'm a lead inspector. Uh, currently work for two authorities at the moment. So my job is actually to enforce health and safety law out there in the business sector, in the commercial sector. Jules, why are risk assessments then, particularly thinking about that with coronavirus and COVID-19 and churches reopening, why are risk assessments so important? Why do churches need to take this seriously? It's a really good question, Phil, and we sometimes forget about health and safety. Uh, um, you're absolutely spot on. Health and safety law is crucial to how we operate. So within the church, it also applies. Um, so we, we, we live under this uh, piece of primary legislation called the Health and Safety at Work, etc. in 1974. And under there is secondary legislation, one of them being the Management of Health and Safety at Work Regulations 1999. I know it's all words and all sort of uh, titles, but there's, there's some really important um, key legislation which looks at risk assessment and regulation three and that's all about sort of protecting what we do it's all about tasks it's all about protecting not just our um, our staff our employees who work for the church but also those other people are affected by the undertaking of the church so the congregation the visitors anybody who's affected by whatever whatever operation is going on within the church, not just on a Sunday morning as well, Phil, but also those, those maybe other groups that might be coming to the church, you know, throughout the week. So the user groups, as we call them, we have mums and tots groups, we have a whole range of, of buildings. Churches are community buildings, so, and so we, we take a full responsibility for that, and we need to make sure that we protect everybody uh, as far as possible. So what happens if we don't, Jules? What, what are the penalties for getting that wrong? Well, a breach of the health and safety uh, laws uh, and the regulations, uh, as is what the risk assessment needs to be carried out under, um, can impose a uh, fine, imprisonment, and the convictions are not, are not deemed as being um, well accepted by the church. So, so yes, the worst case is, is a fine to the church and possibly even imprisonment if, if something very serious could be, um, you know, put on a uh, somebody who is a controlling person so yes so thinking about writing a risk assessment to get back into a church building or a rented premises post kind of coronavirus Jules if I'm a pastor and I'm looking at this blank document perhaps a template I've got where, where do I even start it's a very difficult one. It's, it's a changing beast, Phil. It's changing all the time. Uh, currently, we're working what we call the Health Protection uh, Coronavirus Restrictions Regulations England 2020, and it's also the same for Wales and Scotland. Uh, but there's lots of factors to consider. The first step is, is uh, to make sure 
that you're working safely with COVID-19, okay? Now, what there are out there are sort of template risk assessments. There is potentially something that you can get from the FIC or um, other professional bodies. But the aim is basically to reduce the modes of transmission of exposure to COVID-19. That's crucial. That's what we're trying to achieve. And that's what we're, we're looking at. And there's two types of exposure. Firstly, it's respiratory. So predominantly through droplet form. Okay, so as you well know, if you cough, if you sneeze, if you splutter, even projecting singing, okay, which has come into question, is raising concerns out there in the industry. The second type of exposure is physical and a contact or a direct contact. Okay, this is physically touching somebody. Now, the issue, as you well know, is that within the church, most people who have symptoms should be informed to stay at home to self-isolate. However, out there, there are what we call asymptomatic carriers, okay? And these are people who are symptomless. These are people who have shown no symptoms at all, symptoms at all. So we have to accept and we have to plan that anybody who comes into our church may be a carrier. They may be positive. So physical direct contact, that means you cannot be shaking hands. You cannot be hugging, greeting with a kiss, um, or even we're going to have to look at uh, how we sort of prevent indirect uh, contact that's using vehicles so for example a knife or a fork or touching something uh, maybe even like a service sheet we're having to look at we're also having to ex uh, expect that anybody can be a carrier but one of the key things that we need to do within the church is we have to look at calculating capacity as well so within when we start within the church we need to ensure that the actual guidance is followed and we're expected that gatherings can be more than 30 people but we, it's always dependent on the size of the building the actual venue space and that is really crucial so that's that's a really important aspect you need to look at how to calculate the capacity and consider the two meter rule consider that social distancing in order to sort of help come out with a, with a suitable and reasonable number another big issue for us for us to we need to make sure we protect those who are vulnerable as you are well aware, there's lots of people out there who are deemed as being shielded. Um, there's 2.5 million um, people receive letters from the NHS. Also those people who are over 70 years of age, they're going to be, and also those to be uh, suffering from any underlying condition, or maybe still recuperating, recovering, or re, uh, through, going through the stage of rehabilitation. Even receiving treatment, um, or anyone where we are aware that they're deemed as being what we call immunocompromised. Okay, where their immune system is, is very, very low. Um, this is uh, particularly the case, people suffering from COPD, uh, you may have heard, or diabetes. So these people we need to, to, to really look at before we even get allowed uh, back into the church. So, so Jules, let me ask you um, practically then. So, so I've got a template in front of me. The templates I've seen, kind of left-hand column, has got a list of, of, of risks. What, what kind of things should I be putting in that, that left-hand column based on what you've, you've just been saying? So you're right. So, so risk assessments are all about assessing the risk. So it's really important to get the, the risk, the hazard and the control. And the control is the precautionary and preventative measures that we're looking at here. So good, yeah, good, good examples. If I give you a few examples here. So the first thing we expect is uh, prior to entering our venues, we want to ensure we have deep cleaning that's taking place. So we need to ensure that chemicals, the place has been effectively sterilized before we even start. Okay, so we need to make arrangements for that. There's some very, very good sort of cleaning companies out there who can actually assist us with that. 
on arrival we need to think about sort of segregation we need to about, think about separation and that's crucial so the first thing that's happening let's say begin let's look at the beginning of the service so what happens people start arriving in cars people start arriving on bikes so we need to think about the arrangements where do they park you know where do they put their bikes um, you know is there ample room for people to kind of get from the car park or the, the areas of the, the cycles into the actual church and then obviously they've got to get access now the access point into the church is a really crucial point it's what we call the pinch point entrance into a building is a pinch point welcome teams we normally have there they need to greet obviously from outside uh, so they need to stay at distance but stay outside they need to this is a key point to provide good instruction and direction okay to our, to our congregational members when they come in the other thing i mentioned i should have mentioned is in advance of coming to the service the leadership and the church leaders need to probably send instruction clear direction that these instructions need to be you know quite closely followed so access is an important point once we get inside we need to sort of look at increasing our personal hygiene so this is where we set up tables for hand sanitizers on entrances using an alcohol spray wipe or gel to make sure that anybody who comes in and and the children will be using the the alcohol wipes the children particularly because they'll run off and they'll disappear into the church but we need to make sure mums and dads that we get our kids to sort of get them to wipe their hands one thing to work out as well is whether we can implement a, what we call a one-way system and this is to ensure that people when they first enter the building they can maybe sort of be led and sort of instruct them where they should go to to try and prevent any people crossing by and and on the way in let's try and think about how they can leave the church utilizing other doors so maybe other fire exits so they can leave on a different exit so to prevent that crossover of people on those routes uh, again signage instruction is really crucial notices um, floor markings and any kind of directional notices are really really important to actually have within the church it also demonstrates that the church leadership have thought about that when we actually get into the church service we need to think about the layout the seating layout the layout of the room we've already mentioned the capacity so we need to look at how we sort of look at this these 30 um, persons or 30 people or 30 families it might be a case where we look at boxes I've given this some thought and it's sometimes worthwhile looking at all your congregation and thinking about the large families and um, so we need to think about a large family is different to just a, a single person so you might want to designate an area for large families so a bigger box which may take seven or eight people opposed to a smaller box which may be one person and think about that two meter distance you know between them so just look about how we're going to separate those out try and think about the chairs and how about you know where where we sort of you know, separate people out unfortunately we're going to have to spatially distance ourselves uh, until the time is, is right when we can when this infection rate has come down um obviously a lot of churches uh, you know we, we have these lovely, lovely times to chat and to talk at the end we like to food and drink unfortunately I, I'd, I'd advise against that at the moment as so a closing in cafes restaurants um, i think you know even though the the guidance from the government and as you well know from watching the news from the 5th of july restaurants and cafes can be open i think it'd be wise to avoid it for the first two weeks just to see how how it's sort of settling in and then uh, consider maybe how you can open up a cafe and i can give you some more guidance on opening a cafe or a restaurant in your church at a later stage we can get that off the fic website also what i would suggest is i understand that some children need food encourage the families to bring their own food and drink okay so they only keep it within the family unit uh, but do not allow or do you know, make it very clear that shouldn't go outside of that family unit so there's just a few ideas 
as to what to do. And I think that will kind of give us the basics. Uh, there is a lot more we can look at, but think about the different steps in the process from literally when somebody arrives on site to when they leave. What do they do? The toilets, um, toilets need to be very, very carefully managed. Um, they need to be cleaned on a regular basis. We need uh, signage up uh, to say that you need to be washing your hands for a minimum of 30 uh, seconds, you know, with, uh, with antibacterial soap, using hand uh, air dryers and, um, and hand uh, disposable paper towels, not for the cloths or, or towels, because again, these can sort of pass and pass cross-contaminate uh, if, if possible. Uh, Jules, it's likely that a lot of churches will designate the responsibility of the risk assessment. Church leaders might designate the responsibility of the risk assessment to deacons or, or similar. Uh, why, should, why should church leaders take this seriously? What should church leaders, do you think, especially be thinking about with regards to this? Absolutely. I mean, leaders are crucial here because whatever the leaders stipulate will kind of be then cascaded down to all, all other members of the church. So leaders have got a really important part to play here. They need to lead by example. They need to be sort of positively out there, sort of explaining from the front to the congregation the importance of making sure we follow the COVID-19 you know, requirements and precautions. It's under your responsibility. Leaders are responsible for their church and their, and, their, and their congregation. So it's really crucial that they lead from the front on this one, Phil. Thanks, Jules. Uh, just tell us a bit about how we ensure that our risk assessment is fit for purpose uh, and not just a, a box ticking exercise. Because I, I think for some of us, that will be a temptation. How do we ensure it's fit for purpose? It needs to be realistic, it needs to be reliable, it needs to be robust, it needs to be relevant and related to the actual uh, the church. If it's not, if it's somebody else's, it'll stand out. Okay, so it needs to be very, very practical, very pragmatic for the church. There is good, really good guidance out there, Phil. Um, there is guidance on various um, links. Uh, you've heard of the Health and Safety Executive. On the uh, Health and Safety Executive website, there's a very, very good basic risk assessment template and all you need to do is, as we mentioned on Phil's last question, to mention some of those kind of categorical areas and, and they put those controls down on that. There's also some very good guidance from what we call the OPSS, which is the Office for Product Safety and Standards Guidance. And this is something which has been developed um, you know, to offer uh, the churches and our places of worship. And that's out there on the net as well. And it's called COVID-19. It's called Guidance for the Safe Use of Places of Worship and specifically from the 4th of July. And it was published on the 29th of June. Okay, so it's very, very up to date. It's been updated all the time in environmental health. That's what we use to enforce. So I would recommend you look at that guidance unless you want to take the guidance, you know, from uh, anybody else who's within the field, but be very careful. Follow the guidance very closely. That guidance we can live, leave with you if that's possible, Phil, at the end of the interview. Um, so, so people can actually look directly on the system and pull that off and read through it. Jules, are there insurance implications if we got this wrong? You know what, Phil, there's insured and uninsured costs. Okay, there's reputational, there's financial, and there's possible breaches of health and safety legislative requirements, as we mentioned earlier on. And again, as you're well aware, there are potential convictions if, you know, if this legislation is not followed. So yes, unfortunately there are. So under the Health Protection Coronavirus Restrictions, England Regs 2020, uh, for England, Wales, and Scotland, uh, who've got devolved powers, but with slightly different guidance, um, there are chances possibly that if, if uh, uh, churches don't follow the guidance and we have issues and it comes through to the health and safety enforcing authorities, 
the officer may decide to serve on, uh, on, on the church, what we call a fixed penalty notice under regulation 10 of the regulations. And this can, this can be a fine, okay? Potentially also uh, under another regulation, we can actually prohibit the use of the church. So we can close the church down okay if we see that they're not following the guidance so it's really really key that our churches do follow the guidance very very carefully because there are financial implications on top of that there's also civil claims that can be made potentially by individuals this could be submitted uh, by an individual against a church or against an individual in the church and again you know if they were if they were subtracted uh, the COVID-19 it could pose very problematic Uninsured costs, as you know, are reputational damage. That can be devastating. You know, as we mentioned earlier on, our churches are community bases. Um, they, they serve great purpose within the community, you know, for schools, community halls. So we don't want our churches to be sort of, um, you know, associated with any kind of outbreak. Uh, we're having enough outbreaks in the country at the moment. We're trying to stem them and we're, we're trying to play, provide safe places of harborage, not, not create more of them. Final one for me, Jules. Uh, sometimes leaders might be tempted to think, well, if nothing goes wrong, surely I've met my health and safety requirements. Is that true? Uh, and if not, what, what should I be thinking? Well, I think it's really crucial that it isn't a tick boxing exercise. So it's really crucial that we make it you know, re realistic. Uh, what's going to evidence that is action. Okay, so we, we, you know, we need to make sure we physically put it in place. So we do need clear leadership. We've touched on that. We need clear direction from the leaders. We need to make sure it's not just a tick spot tick spock exercise we need lots of good planning uh, from a leadership so we need to get together and start thinking how we're going to actively uh, run this and we need to make sure that we sort of follow uh, the guidance really crucial to do that um, it is very difficult sometimes to interpret it and it's very open for interpretation but you know what there's there's a couple of areas um, you know which are really crucial i'll just touch on those five steps if that's okay and now, firstly, as we're doing today, is making sure we've got a COVID-19 risk assessment in place. That's crucial. Okay, that's, that's, one, that's one requirement. Secondly, it's making sure we have developed these new cleaning and hand washing and hygiene practices in place. Secondly, it's making sure that anybody, any staff or any leadership who might be at risk, and it, uh, if, they, if they are at risk, we need to make sure they're working from home where, where physically possible. So let's make sure they're all out of the way and we're not putting anybody at risk there. That's thirdly. Fourthly, we need to make sure that um, the setup, we need to maintain this two meter social distancing wherever possible. We need to make sure that's implicated out there. And secondly, we need to make sure it is properly managed. Okay, so that's really crucial. But I think once we've got all this in place, you know, it'll, it'll work. The infection rate will go down and we can start making sure that we can bring back our services what we're all desperately ready and waiting for, as we, as we know. Because, you know, we're social creatures. We like to be with each other. You know, we like to sort of confront each other. So please, let, let's, let's try and stay with this guidance. So, Joel, can I be prosecuted then, even if nothing seems to have gone wrong? So, uh, no, you can't be. Uh, however, what is really important is it's really important to make sure we are proactive. So, so yes, if anything had gone wrong, you can be prosecuted if you're proven to be the source of contamination or infection. But likewise, proactively, we need to make sure we put this 
legislation, these risk assessments in place, because you can be prosecuted even if you don't have them in place. Okay, so it's a legal requirement to have written assessments in place. So it's really crucial to be proactive as well as reactive. So George, there are five, there are five steps that churches need to think about before they can uh, move forward and re reopen. What are those five steps that, that churches should consider? Absolutely, it's really, really crucial we stick to those five steps to working safely with COVID-19. These are as follows. Step one is make sure you put in place a COVID-19 risk assessment. Step number two, develop where possible your cleaning, hand washing and hygiene practices. Step number three, make sure that any full-time or part-time staff are mainly working from home if they can. If they can operate from home, absolutely that's where they should work. Okay, that, that's the third point. Fourth point is making sure our, uh, our building is set up to maintain the two-meter socially distance uh, regime to make sure we can work at distance where possible. And last of all, we need to manage any transmissional risk to maintain the two-meter social distances. So that's all the control measures expected within the sort of risk assessment. Those five steps are really crucial. Once those five steps are done, you can actually get a nationally recognized uh, COVID-19 working safely secure poster that you could also put up on your church entrance door, which will ensure that anybody who visits your church will know that you've demonstrated and you've signed up to working within this, this COVID-19 guidance. And that's, that's a nationally recognized guidance that a lot of the inspectors are fully aware of. So have a look at that and pull it off the internet. Jules, that's excellent. Thanks so much for telling us all about that. That's really going to really help folk to fill in uh, their, their risk assessments. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you and stay safe. This was the FIEC podcast. For more resources for church leaders, subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast provider and visit our website at fiec.org.uk.